Greetings and salutations. <laughs> is that your new one? I'm trying. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just was going to go with whatever came out. but Throw something at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. It's informal. <laughs> Super informal. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome. It is dark outside Hello. and I don't like it. It's weird because this is our first one recording post-work, post-daylight savings yeah. switch. So it's, yeah. So dark. It's very strange. Yeah, and yeah. it's like that thing where like you leave work or you know wherever you are at the certain time of day that we used to be like, oh, this is dusk, and now it's like, you know, full on dark, full on dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's very dark and it's kind of nice. I, I'm I'm having fall vibes, but mm-hmm. without the fall weather. Yeah, that's San Diego in a nutshell. Exactly, because <laughs> I'm just like I'm ready to layer. And kind of like have my fall fashion. I mean, all of our fall vibes are just like purely incidental or like, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, superficial. Yeah. Where it's like, mm, you're not going to get any trees turning. You're not going to get crisp fall weather. You're not going to get like all the smells and bonfires and Mm-mm. things. But you will get some pumpkin spice lattes and some, you know, overly um, oh, decorated Southern Michael's situations. Yes. <laughs> to, to, uh, I feel like so- Southern California, or maybe it's a nationwide thing, but maybe I'm just like um, associating it with Southern California, but I feel like we are a very big, like ladies love that pumpkin spice latte. It feels like it. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like it? Mm-hmm. It's also the time of year when I get to use one of my least favorite words, autumnal. I love that word. I don't know if I like it or dislike it. <laughs> I just like it. I don't know. I just like it. I like an M it. and an N together. Uh-huh. So I think that's why I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Autumnal. Yeah, and then it also just sounds like a very full word, like a bounty, you know, yeah. which kind of goes along with, you know. Cornucopia. Cornucopia. If you will. Yes, you know, yeah. Thanksgiving feels. Harvest. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just has that about it, yeah. which I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy that too. Yeah. Um, happy belated Halloween to yes. our listeners. I hope that you had a fabulous one. Yeah. I hope it was safe and good and that if you costumed, I hope your costume was a success. And if you didn't costume, I want you to do better next year. Yeah. Try to costume. It's a delightful (laughs) time. It's it's very fun. But we're both Halloween people, so we're biased. Yeah. I love Halloween. It's just a good time. And now we have Thanksgiving coming up. I know, which is crazy. I know. How the fuck... Is it Thanksgiving? Well, you know, like we said before, this time of year just speeds right by. It does. <laughs> You're just it's like, whoa. Like, I can't believe that, you know, we only have like less than two months of this year left. That's insane. You just blew my mind. Yeah. I haven't even thought about it that yeah, way. I know. Isn't that crazy? 2020 is almost here. Mm-hmm. And 2020 was like the year I was looking forward to because that was the year we were going to get rid of President mm-hmm. Trump. Oh, That's yeah. the first time I've ever called him that. Ew. That's the first time I've ever <laughs> said that. Ew. Paolo, strike that from the record, and also I might need electroshock therapy. I call him like 45 or Cheeto or that piece of shit. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully it's the year, but mm, still going to go Keenan Thompson character and say, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. But yeah, anyway, so uh, I want to say we um, are drinking our shot of whiskey before and well. And kind of during we record, um, we, we have like a sipping whiskey situation. Yeah, yeah, tonight it was a lot because I could not find our beloved Four Roses and they were not uh, stocking it at the store that I stopped at before coming home. So I had to pick up some Old Forester. And I, I do enjoy Old Forester. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this about Old Forester. It is um, uh, familiar to me in that it is the... Uh, very often the house whiskey or bourbon oh. that we have around because our little bodega near our house, they have the best, that's the best deal. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah. Yeah. That's it, the one. That's the one we keep around. I and mean, it's decent. It's decent. Yeah. It's not too bad. I Perfectly drinkable. It's perfectly drinkable. I I will say it's not quite as mellow. <laughs> no. <laughs> four roses. No. It, it, I tell you what, you know what's a mellow whiskey is that four <laughs> is roses. That four roses. Four roses. <laughs> If you like yourself a mellow whiskey, you'll yeah. love Four Roses. I, You know, jokes aside, I actually really do like it. No, I do too. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why we had it in the house and why we've been drinking it and why we're out of it. It's it's no, um, what's the beautiful round, uh, uh, the containers round that you and Jamie love so well that it's hard to come by 
and like this Blantons. Blantons. It's yeah. no Blantons. It's no Blantons, but it is good. Yeah. Um. Ooh, so how was your day? I think that we're kind of in a in those zones of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think it's like I so I came I came in, and just this is just a recap, not for you, but for the listener. Just in, I, I was gonna say, just right. in case I you might wonder. need one too. I'm not fully here. <laughs> um, I came in. Lily and I were kind of yawning a little bit because we're both coming off of a work day, and um, it's kind of funny because I like tried to put on like. Um, some kind of upbeat music, like um, I don't know if you're familiar with the band ESG, 70s, um, amazing, funky, just totally highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I put on some ESG and I we were like trying to like start dancing. And I, as I was singing, I yawned the lyrics. <laughs> I was just like, My love for you is like a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how this song should sound. It's really funny. Yeah, like when I walked in my house before you got here, um, my neighbors who were never noisy were like playing music pretty loudly. And I was like, that's strange. Mm-hmm. Like I never hear them. And they were like singing along. Maybe they were having one of those like pep up Philia moments. But it was just, I was thinking to myself, it was so funny because they were playing the most ironic song of all time to be playing like loudly when your neighbors never hear you. Uh-huh. It was Voices Carrie. Oh, uh, <laughs> no wonder your wife was singing it. Yeah. When she, I came we both in got that, it stuck in our yeah, heads because they were singing, singing it. it. And I was like, you know, I love that Amy Mann. <laughs> um, no, that's a good one. But yes, that is not one you think of uh, blaring, keep it down. Now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, also used to think that the lyrics were, for some reason, this is Carrie. Oh. And I'm like, Carrie wants people to be real quiet. She's like, keep it down now. This, this is, is Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> Carrie does not like it when yeah. voices Carrie. Oh, uh-uh, no. She so does keep not. keep it down. Yep. Uh, yeah, but I mean, speaking of Carrie, spooky movie. Yeah. <laughs> spooky did you, Halloween Did vibes. you do any um, scary movie watching? This season? Mm-hmm. I didn't do scary movies. I watched Hocus Pocus because that's been like a recent fun fun favorite it's just a stupid ridiculous movie that is just a delight um and then i watched um a halloween episode of buffy <laughs> that's what i did mostly was like tv halloween episodes yeah, yeah. i did a couple like some S, some classic snl yes i watched the classic snl like yeah. real because of you know my favorite man my main joy in halloween life david s pumpkins yeah. Um, so I had to rewatch that or rewatch it every year. That's such a funny sketch. Yeah. And I, I want to dislike don't know it. Why I love it so and much. then I watch it and I'm like, it, it doesn't like get me the way it gets you. But yeah. I, I have to agree that it is. I think the absurdity of it yeah. is what's funny. I love it so much that I was at um, <laughs> lunch with a coworker right before Halloween and I could see out the window that someone was about to walk into the restaurant and they were wearing a David S. Pumpkins suit. Oh, and God. I literally squealed. I went, <gasps> David S. Pumpkins! And my coworker was like, oh, my God, there's something wrong with you. And I was just like, oh, but he's here. And I'm like, he's here. And even the person wearing the suit looked nothing like David S. Pumpkins. But it was. The suit itself, it's just, though. It just makes me it's his aura, so happy. The thought of it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. All of it is very good. Oh, so I will always watch that one. I want to do a group costume next year, and I really think we should just pay homage to what's up with that. Yes. I really want – we yes. just need a – Ambidextrous Keenan. flautist. I really want to be ambidextrous flautist. Yeah. Um, I feel like Jamie should be Lindsay Buckingham. Yes. Um, somebody's got to be the like the guy in the tracksuit who does just, the MC just hammer. Doing the, the like running man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can Oh do my that. god. <laughs> and there was that one episode where Jessica's in the well and they have they like roll her in. It's like and th- when they have like the breakdown and he's like, and here's Jessica, remember her? She was in the oh, well. Yeah. Go Jessica. Baby Jessica. Go Jessica. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's too good. It's yes. Um, so treat yourself, folks. ESG yeah. and also the what's up with that SNL sketch. So so good. So good. Yeah, I was also just talking to coworkers recently about, um, you know, Halloween costumes and whatever. Uh, oh, because I had a dream that I was running a clue-themed murder mystery party with my coworker. Ooh, was John Krasinski there? No, <laughs> he was not. But if you had had that dream, I bet you would. Have I don't been. know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but and it was like um, someone suggested. They were like, oh. That would be an excellent group costume. Clue. 
Clue would be an amazing group Wouldn't costume. Wouldn't that be so fun? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I want to Google it because you know that it's been done. Oh, of course it's been done. And people have killed it. But I will but say But you could this. also like make up characters. Yes. Or do like the different versions of Clue because you know how they have like mm-hmm. different Clue throughout the ages or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The more people you have, the more robust <laughs> yeah. your, clue. your Clue game. Yeah. I, but I will say this. I want to pat us on the back. We did uh, the four horse people of the apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, which was funny because all night we we kept calling it the four horsemen and people would walk up to us and once they would get the costume they would say oh you're the four horse people yes of the apocalypse yeah. but it was very fun it was um, super fun yeah we had a good time yeah it was one of my favorite group costumes for sure although i haven't done a ton of group costumes i feel like it's one it's one for the ages yeah. I'm realizing that this is going to air in like the second week of I November. Know. And we've been talking so much about, about Halloween. Halloween. People are just like, okay, move on. They're like, these bitches record like a <laughs> month in advance. Um, and yeah. it's not true. It's Wednesday and then this will drop on Tuesday. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Time's just flying and we're still, we're still in Halloween folks. Yeah. We're still in <laughs> Halloween. And you know what, motherfuckers, right before Christmas, we're still going to be talking to you about Thanksgiving. Yeah, probably. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Depends on how Thanksgiving well, goes. I mean, the topic though of Halloween goes along well with today's topic because, yes. uh, we Way to want- bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, because we want to talk about fear this yes. episode. Um, you know, and I think that that's such a broad topic that we'll kind of see where we land. I'm sure we'll be talking about... Uh, if you've listened, you know how this yeah, is. It's exactly. just driving blind. It's all that, you know. We'll just feel our way. Yeah, we'll feel our way. Yeah. So, wherever the wind takes us. You know, I think, like, we kind of were just settling on the broad topic of fear, fear right now. And then, of course, you know, later down the road, we'll probably do like segments of fear, mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. specific fear themes and whatnot. But I think just to sort of like kind of burst the topic of just how fear and shame are intertwined, yeah. how fear informs shame, how shame informs fear. Yes. Um, and all of the things kind of surrounding that. So much of shame is fear-based. Yes, right? exactly. Fear right. of... um being uh, wrong or bad wrong bad and 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 shame like really thrives in fear because it's silence and it's isolation and kind of being alone in your fears so um yeah totally because i mean those are two very isolating emotions shame and fear um some of the most isolating totally just feel completely by yourself yeah what are you because i have some embarrassing things like i'll start with like surface level fears yeah um, the two things I'm most afraid of, um, are, and I have, I can do like brief explanations. Um, yeah. okay. Vomiting. Um, oh. because one time as a kid, I got like a crazy three day stomach flu and I just kept puking and puking and puking. And now I look back on it and I'm like, why did no one bring me to the doctor? Yeah. Kind of, but that's a whole different episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, just the all, medicine of the eighties. Yeah. The oh, medicine God. of the eighties was just more Gatorade. Oh, it's coming right back up. Mm-hmm. Try some seven up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all of the vomiting and I just, I remember even as a kid being so scared because it was like happening so much that I was like, vomiting is scary. I don't like vomiting at all. And I haven't done it very much as an adult and I can like mark, you know, the times when it's happened. Do you do the thing that I do where like pretty much try to avoid it at all costs? Yes. Like I just like, if I feel it coming on, I like, I'm trying to will my body not to throw up. I don't, I rarely get to a point where I feel like I need to throw up. Mm. Um, I think the last time that it happened was in Mexico City. Mm. And it was like a crazy case of drinking too much and dehydration Mm. coupled with altitude sickness. Yeah, totally. And I ate Koshanita the night before, which sadly is delicious. And now I'll never be able to eat Koshanita ever again. Oh, that is sad because it is delicious. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Mm. But yeah, that was the last time. Mm. And I just remember like being scared Mm. and being like, oh my God, this is going to happen. But then it happened and I felt so much better. And I was like, did I just make peace with vomiting as an adult? I think like I I haven't done it enough to make peace with it, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't happen very often. So I'm like, oh my God, it might happen. It's still really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, there's also that sort of like fear of 
I don't know, vomiting in your sleep because people die that way because of like I don't have that one. It's just like whatever. the anxiety before that uh, stresses me out. And well, like when well, your body like gives you fear like symptoms, right? Like you yes. get the cold sweats and, and you your mouth just to, starts to produce all of the yeah. saliva. Yeah, you so have it is like very much like a physiological and you can't stop fear. it. And I yeah. think that's like the part where I'm like, oh my god, I'm scared. I'm scared it's gonna happen. Like yeah. the anticipation. Yeah. What about you? What's one of your base level fears? Oh. um... It's really, it's kind of embarrassing, actually. I'm kind of afraid of the dark. Hmm. And I did not realize that I was because I actually like the dark. I I have a dark soul. Um, (laughs) But uh, like creepy spaces. So the last house that I lived in um, where our laundry machine was, it was like, I don't know, like kind of half under a house. So it was kind of basementy. Yeah. Right. And it, uh, it was just like big. That area was fucking scary It was terrifying, fuck. right? It's you know, scary it was like, as fuck. And there was so much in there and it was like tucked away back into these really dark, deep corners. And yeah. And like, you're away from people. Uh-huh. Like your people. Like yeah. the, like where our laundry room is now. Like yeah. I'm away from like if I shout, like I hope you can hear me. Yeah. You've got some scary vibes in your laundry room a little too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What but the see, fuck with like, laundry rooms? But like it would get like really dark back there and the light sensor wouldn't go off until like way into when I was like on my way to the laundry machine and I just like I couldn't do it and I would make Stephanie come with me no I don't think there's anything wrong with that also like it the fear of the dark I believe and I have like something that like I've been thinking about all day um which is like fear of the unknown which to me is like the greatest of all fears for me like it, it encapsulates like the everything, which we can, I'm sure we will get there. No, I think that that is one of my biggest ones too. And in every little stage too. So like down from like your small fears to, um, your Fucking like existential, life, ex- existential 100%. fears. Yes, absolutely. Part the of unknown the is the biggest one. I, I spend so, not a lot of time, but I spend time with clients very often. Like I've, I've been a big fan of narrative therapy and essentially that's the idea that we tell ourselves stories and then we mm-hmm. we have emotions reacting to the fact that whether or not those stories came true. I'm not going to summarize it here. Long story short, um, part of coping with fear of the unknown is telling yourself stories. Mm. And so a lot of what we do when we're scared is we say, well, it's going to go this way and then this will happen and da 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 And we like tend to catastrophize. Mm-hmm. And it's our way of like taking control of something that's very scary and unknown yeah is just to like write a narrative about it right and it gives like you the illusion of control but you're like you don't know how that's gonna go but wouldn't it be lovely if you could write a narrative because i don't do this i just write the most anxiety ridden one possible where like everything was fine and went perfectly well and you actually believed it well that's why narrative therapy is beautiful and can be effective for the past is because Mm -hmm. like you can look at things that happen to you and we all we're bound by language. So like how we talk about things is kind of like how we see them in our mind's eye. Mm. So then it almost like kind of forces you to look at what happened to you through the lens of a different narrator mm. to reframe it and to, to hone in on details that maybe seem small and insignificant before, but are bigger. Huh? Yeah. Wow. You would do really well with narrative therapy. Probably. I yeah, think that would be, yeah. Plus you're a writer. So I feel like it's, you understand it kind of naturally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so anyway, fear of the unknown. Like I yeah. just think our minds are constantly trying to have control mm-hmm. over the unknown and lack of control. Is, yeah. And yeah. then also like not just the unknown, but sort of like when you're a little bit uh, incapacitated, incapacitated in whatever way. And mm-hmm. like even to the smallest thing, like here's another one of my like silly fears. Washing my face in the sink, and I know a lot of people have this, and not being able to open your eyes because you have soap in them. Oh, God. And then just, like, while you're that incapacitated because you can't, like, oh my God. see, then just, like, I always imagine that there's someone behind me, and I'm, oh, I'm going to, like, rinse my face, look up in the mirror, and there's going to be someone standing behind free, me. Free, to, free, yeah, yeah, free. exactly. <laughs> but, like, to the point where I will, like – manifest the feeling like somebody's there. You know okay. what I mean? Like you're not crazy. Feeling. I have this in my car. Oof. I had two I things happen to me there. on my way here. So I'm driving and to meet you and 
get this shit. This is like fear squared. A motherfucking spider starts crawling up the my uh, windshield. Inside or outside? Oh, girl. I thought it was outside. Oh, no. Inside. So then I realize that I'm driving. So I'm like, I have to. So I try to hit it with my hand. I miss it. It jumps. I don't know where it is. So then uh, I try to turn on the light. Mm-mm-mm. And what happens is there's this crazy shadow cast because of like where I'm parked at the red light. And I'm like, I thought for a second I saw someone in my backseat. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I was like, uh, and I think it was the spider that like no, placed the fear in me anyway. Right, and then I was right, like, right. Ah. So, <sighs> and it was funny because I like laughed out loud to myself because I like lifted one leg up on the seat, which I actually drive that way most of the time. But like, I was driving over here and I had to laugh because I was like, totally going to talk about fear tonight as I'm like, oh, spider. spider. <laughs> You're like, am I in a horror movie? And I'm not terribly afraid of spiders they're fine but who i don't want a spider on me i don't yeah, want any bug no, on me no especially when you're driving and you can't do anything about it no like just see oh there's a spider on me this is fine yeah this is fine oh it's oh my god oh this is embarrassing also another embarrassing story um so yesterday i wanted to read a new book and so i was just i'm trying not to buy more books so i'm trying to read my own library and um so i was looking through my bookshelf and i was like oh uh, House of Mirth. I would love to reread that oh, book. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't read it in so long. There was literally a spider in front of it hanging on the bookshelf. Mm-mm. And instead of killing the spider, I was just like, I don't need to read House of Mirth. Mm-mm. And I picked another book. It's so good. Edith Wharton, yeah? Yeah. I oh, mean, I really God. want Fuck to reread it. I know. I just need to go kill well, that spider. Well, maybe because that's it's the spider of possibility, chance, and time. Yeah. And the spider is saying, not now, Lily. There's a time in your life when you will... House of Mirth will really be the book that you need to read when you need to read it, but now is not the time. The other thing I'm terrified of, mm. fucking tornadoes. Oh. And you would think, like, you'd be like, but Danielle. Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Obvious like, choice. Here's the thing with hurricanes, folks. You see them coming, and mm. you're like, oh, well, looks like the trajectory is going to take it. You have time. Mm-hmm. A tornado scares the fucking shit out of me because it will rip apart your world and there's like no warning. Well, you get a warning. You get like a tornado warning. Well, tornado watch. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, maybe we're in conditions. And then like tornado warning. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, and I also think like, like so many of my fears, it's rooted in childhood. Mm. Like we, um, I lived and this is a whole shame thing we could talk about at some point, but I lived in uh, a trailer park with my mom, my dad, my sister, when she, when my sister was first born. We lived in, like in this like trailer, not even a double wide, y'all. Like Mm-mm. it was like real. <laughs> but I remember, I think my mom had postpartum depression now upon reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. And it was like thundering outside. And my sister was like a, a newborn. I think she was a couple months old. And my mom got so anxious about the storm that she was explaining to me that like the safest place to be in a house, if you like have to be in a tornado is to get in a bathtub and to put a mattress on top of the bathtub. Jeez. And she told me like if we needed to have a mattress, we could take the one from my sister's crib. Oh my I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Ooh. <laughs> I'll, that'll stick with you. Yeah. So that imagery I, alone. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're ever in a tornado, folks, mm-hmm. you're gonna need a mattress and a bathtub. <laughs> no, I don't know. But it, it just it, they scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I think so many of my my simple fears are like rooted in childhood yeah I don't know I it's funny because when I was a younger child I don't know exactly how old I was maybe like eight or nine um I was in a pretty big earthquake we lived in uh, California Ooh, at the scary. time uh yeah and I mean it was pretty massive and not only that my mom was away on a business trip so we were staying with a friend of hers mm. and like she you know, was too far away to get to us for a long time, even though she eventually did and whatever. So it, but all that to say, I should be afraid of earthquakes, but I'm totally not. Like I think that's weather okay. stuff just doesn't scare me. Like lightning doesn't freak me out. I love. Th- oh, like, I like lightning I like and thunderstorms. Thunder. Like I like hard, heavy rain. Like, I like it. Fucking, I like a snowstorm. I don't mind going through a hurricane it, if it's like category like through one, <laughs> two, and under. Because it's like you, when the eye comes. Oh my god! It's like you go through all this craziness, and then the, your the eye comes, and the sun is shining, and the sky, and How you're bizarre. like, it's crazy, yeah. and the air pressure changes. It's uh, very interesting. That's strange. How bizarre. How bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just complete tangent for a second. I remember the first time um, my sister and I saw rain when it was sunny. 
Oh, Don't yeah. Don't they have a term for that? Yeah, and like, it's super oh, and sexist. It's horrible because it's like and the it's devil's hor- beating his the wife The devil's or beating his wife. Yeah. You know. Oh, uh, we should come up with a better term for that. Wasn't that we realized that when we took that New York Times language? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was what like, are the we terms can, that you use for these things? We'll post it to the blog. Okay, so there's this super fun like quiz. I want to say it was the New York Times. I'm probably I, wrong I think about it was that. New York Times. Okay. And it's like. Answer these 30 questions or whatever, and we can tell you where you're from. Mm-hmm. And it's all just like uh, turns of phrase or like phrases. Yeah, so it'll ask you something like, okay, so what do you call, um, you know, those public uh, – I don't know because now I don't want to use the word. But like, oh, okay, so like a device that you yeah, okay, get like, water from in – Or like um, what do you call like uh, – um, is – you know what? I'm not going to phrase the question. I'll just yeah, say, is it cola? Is it soda? Oh, right, right, is right, it right, pop? Right, right, like, right. like that kind of thing. Like uh-huh. they'll find a way to like word it and then you choose or like, yeah. Is it a sneaker? Is it a tennis shoe? Yeah. Are so what I was trying trainers? to say, do you say drinking fountain? Do you say water fountain? Do you say bubbler? Like bubbler? Yeah, bubbler. <laughs> Who the fuck says bubbler? A lot of people do. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get some emails. Mm-hmm. People are just going to be like, fuck you. Expand your mind. Uh-huh. But it's like kitty corner, catty corner, all that stuff. Anyway, it's By a By the way, fun kitty quiz. corner is no. No. Mm-mm. No? No. Mm. Catty corner. I don't know. Anywho. Yeah. It's actually, it's surprising how accurate it that was. It was surprising. I was yeah. surprised that it knew where I was from because I feel like on some of them I was like, don't pigeonhole me. <laughs> and I might have tried to trip it up a little bit. And it's still new. Anyway, um, yeah, so you need to take that quiz. Super fun. Yeah. Uh, so where were we on fear? We were talking about fear. We were talking about, oh, devil beating his wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. the worst thing I've ever said in my life. That's like the best exchange of Sorry, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, it was the devil beating his wife. That's what we were in the middle of discussing. Right. The devil wearing a wife. Either. Oh, God. How horrible. Okay, yeah. So, oh, anyway, yeah, so anyway, we need to rephrase it because, like, there's different colloquialisms for different areas. And where this they one say, needs a better one. This one needs a better one. For sure. When it rains and the sun's out. I mean, hopefully there is a better one out there that people are using, so let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, that tangent wasn't great. It was just, yeah, I just remember the first time that happened and being like, whoa, it's sunny and raining at the same time because it did not ever really happen in Oregon. Yeah, it's nice, though, when that happens because it's, like, rainbow territory. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was also warm. So that was a thing too. Because I, I guess we do get like the sort of sunny rain, whatever, but like that combined with warm weather. Because mm-hmm. it was like stormy. We were in the Midwest. And mm-hmm. it was just like, whoa, what Moody. is this? Yeah. Also, if somebody, if there's a linguist out there or just anybody who knows about things, like hit us up. I mean, I could Google it, but somebody explain to me like where the fuck the phrase the devil beats his wife comes from. Maybe we should call away with words. I have so many questions for them. <laughs> yeah. The devil's beating his wife is like the at the bottom end of the totem pole mm-hmm. for me. I have mm-hmm. so many questions. Let's just send them all in and see if they answer any of them. Totally. <laughs> so the unknown yeah. is a fear. Yeah. Vomiting. Um, tornadoes. Yeah. I think that it's really weird because um, fear is an interesting topic for me because I – have been ruled by it for so long in so many ways. Like there's just so many instances where I can look back and think like I didn't do that because I was afraid or Mm -hmm. I did do that because I was afraid or, you know, I held good insight on your part though. I was afraid. Well, it's also years of journaling because (laughs) if if I ever go back and read my journals, which I don't do very often at all at all, all, but, uh, if I'm just trying to find something specific or reference inside of my life or whatever, and if I flip through my journals, it's really kind of sad because the word that pops out the most is just like fear. Oh, I was afraid or like, I'm afraid of this or like, this is making me Scared. scared. And I think that's just, it's such a prevalent emotion in my life that unpacking it, first of all, will take a lot of therapy and a lot of years, but I think it's just, it's an interesting trap almost, you know? Yeah. Because it, it's 100% so a trap. powerful of an emotion, well, it's but in, a lot of times it's not real. And it's ingrained evolutionarily, right? It's mm. important that like we fear the tiger in the cave yeah. because like it's going to keep us alive. Like anxiety, right? It's like yeah. a survival thing. So fear in some ways is like to be valued, but the problem is like that then fear can just, you know, it can bleed into everything else, mm-hmm. you know? 
And it's also, you know, I, I referenced my childhood, but like a lot of it too is how you're raised and how how you're you're supposed to see the world because mm-hmm. there's this whole like fear-based parenting. Mm. Like I didn't realize this was a thing until um, I was in uh, – it doesn't matter. I saw a child who was wa- teetering on the end of like – on the edge of like a one of those like little um, like mall fountain things oh, you yeah, throw yeah, pennies yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some fish in there, kois or whatever – and uh, he, the mom said, no, 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 get down, get down. The kid was like, why, 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 dude? And she said, because if you fall in, your clothes are going to get wet, and then we're going to have to go home, and we won't get to have lunch because you're going to have wet clothes. And that's that, such a logical explanation. It blew my fucking <laughs> mind because I was like, if that had been my mother, mm-hmm. it would have been like, why do I have to get off? She'd be like, because you might fall in, those fish bite. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, and that's no, no shame to my mother, no whatever. I mean, I, I don't parent. I have no idea how I would handle it. But I do think that our parents, the way they handle fear mm-hmm. and they handle anxiety, naturally just like, yeah, I mean, maybe it was a generational thing, or and I think maybe their parents did it too. But now that I think about it, you're right. Like, maybe also just because it is such a strong emotion and and there was less sort of knowledge about what you impart to your children mm-hmm. really kind of sticks around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just sort of having that like, oh, if I give them a really strong reason not to do something, then they're extra yeah. not going to do it, you right. know? So it's like make them super afraid of this thing. Yes. And therefore Fear. like... Nature's deterrent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I can remember a lot of instances in childhood where, yeah... You were kind of kept, I mean, but that's the whole thing too. It was like, I mean, and I think it's still good messaging. Don't talk to strangers and all of that for kids. Oh, 100%. But, you know, like there was a lot of like menace behind that without a lot of sort of logic behind it. Yeah. And I think the kids are a little bit more logical than we used to give them credit for. I mean, not, we you know, after a certain age. I think we don't give them credit for like their ability to like problem solve and figure things out and put two and two together and sort of like I was saying earlier about like when you have the unknown like you're going to like write a story in your mind to have the illusion of control kids do that constantly they Mm -hmm. confabulate like they just make things up yeah like if you're not if if nobody's filling in the blanks for them like their minds are very active they're sharp they're going to like fill it in you know yeah I mean it's interesting because I wonder if, you know, you're just sort of naturally built with the types of fears that you have, or if, I mean, it's probably a little nature bit Nature versus yeah, nurture. Yeah, that whole question. I mean, I'm sure it's both, but yeah, it's just strange to think like some people who have like a little bit more like need for control, their mm-hmm. fears are based in not having control. And like right. some people um, are just more afraid of being put myself included like in the driver's seat mm-hmm. literally as we talked about last last episode right. like of my not driving until I was 26 yeah. you know like being in charge and being in control sometimes is way scarier and you know than not than not yeah. yeah and then kind of like being under the wing or the protection of somebody else mm-hmm. you know I think like that's something that I think about a lot because I I while I crave so much alone time, we've also talked about that. I love being alone. I'm an introvert, all of that stuff. Like one of my biggest fears is just fear of loneliness. Like I'm mm. terrified to die alone. I'm terrified to like be a lonely old woman and like, you know, not have anyone. And because I'm not like, uh, I'm not a naturally endearing person, like to not. Well, I don't think that's true. But to just like run out of the energy to like seek friends and seek family and like yeah. be alone and, and. You are. And not have those like talents to like, I don't know, have people around me. I mean, that, that fear really comes. Oof. I can assure you. Okay. I don't want to dismiss your fears. I want <laughs> to validate you. But I also want you to know that, like, you'll always have people around you. Like, you are an endearing person. And what's yeah. interesting to me, though, is, like, um, that I bet when you say that and you're thinking about kind of, like, you're, like, oh, I don't want to be alone. I feel like maybe you picture yourself, like, in need of human companion in the sense that maybe you're sick or, like, something's wrong. Like, those times when. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, if 
the fear of like being alone is also maybe even in some ways, I only say this because like I identify, mm. um, the fear of like, dun, 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 here he comes, <laughs> she comes, death. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I pushing the envelope? <laughs> no. Mm, I don't know. I mean, it probably has a lot to do with the fear of death that I don't really like face yet or think about. Um, I think a lot of it has more to do with the fear of life uh. and and just not not having a good one or not having a good time. And I think I that um, another part of it is just in terms of being alone too, I just have like certain blocks in my brain that just don't allow me to like recognize certain things that I need to be doing or like taking care of. Like I'm not great. I'm getting better as I get older, but I'm not great at taking care of myself I mean Mm -hmm. I am in certain ways and like I've always I mean I've been really independent for a long time and I can do that but there are just certain things that I just kind of get absent-minded about or whatever that um I don't know I think are kind of important to have someone there to kind of be watching like what Hmm. like bill paying checking my mail Okay. Keeping on top of responsibilities like that, like okay. getting your car tuned and you yeah. know, making sure the interior of it is clean the and kind tidy of like and, life maintenance stuff. Yes, life maintenance stuff. I'm just bad at that. Mm-hmm. Like I just it's not something that's been I don't know, I wasn't really as the youngest brought up to kind of handle on my own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I mean I'm getting better at it, but there's just a lot of stuff there where um you know, I, it's actually affected my life, like letting certain things go for a long time. And, you know, that's a whole other time and topic, but, you know, I think that just kind of being on your own is a little bit scary when you feel ill-equipped. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. And I also, you know, I, I think there's also fear and, you know, you struck a chord when you were talking about how like you're almost more afraid of like living than dying. Like mm. the the life part of it, the kind of, am I doing this wrong? Or I might fuck this up or I need companionship or guidance or I don't know that I can do this yeah. on my own. Um, that part for me, I'm just now, I feel like in a place in my life where I kind of am starting to believe that I'm like, I can handle it. You know, I can say it and sometimes I can say it confidently, but like, do I earnestly believe it? It's like, I think I'm getting to a point where I'm like, no, I got this shit. Like, no matter what happens, like, fucking figure it out. Mm. Got it. Um, Like anything specifically in that realm? um, Well, I I financial security Mm. is a big thing for me Mm because, you know, I grew up without a ton of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, now when I feel like I feel like my best self is kind of like when I'm like okay I've gotten this piece figured out I know where this bill's going to get paid and mm-hmm. we're so almost the opposite of like you how you're like the bills are going to get paid like like life like planning ahead for life maintenance like makes me feel very happy and control mm-hmm. and confident mm-hmm. I'm we're a good team that way <laughs> I know yeah yeah oh well, it's interesting yeah that you you talk about like finance because that's another thing also that I just have wild fears about. Like oh, stay yeah. awake at night fears about totally. is just, you know, the amount of not just the amount of debt that I have, but like the day to day stuff. Like I you know, just like a lot of people in this country, I am seriously really, really, really treading on thin ice in terms of like what I have and what I could like not have in an instant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In terms of like if I had to pay like a really random car bill or like I think most, totaled my car I think or most like Americans had a are living scare. this way. Yeah, totally. I do. I think that it's like a paycheck to paycheck thing and I yeah. think we're all in the same boat. It's terrifying. It's really terrifying. Mm-hmm. No one really prepared me for that no, piece of it. No, like no, they it don't. was just like they don't for sure. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. Financial fear is a big one. Yeah. Um Health fear is another mm. one of mine. You brought up health care. Like, um, I have um, MS. I was diagnosed when I was 25. And the best way I've ever put it is my 
psychiatrist who passed away within the last year, which is like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But he he summed it up the best way I've ever heard anyone say. When I told him I had MS, he said, uh, he said, oh, it's a form of like emotional terrorism. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you never know. Yeah. Like, is something going to happen? I mean, my neurologist told me like, oh, like it could get better. It could get worse. It could stay the same. And I'm like, Comforting. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for all of the answers. Thank you for the assurance. Yeah. I feel great now. Yeah. yeah wow. Um, so it, that, the health is another thing that's like a big fear for me because, but I've learned to take it in stride because it's kind of like my- What are your options? What are my options? And the other thing is like, with everything in life, we can worry about it right now and it's not happening to us. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, if it happens, you're going to have a- fuck ton of time to worry about it then like why would you worry about it now Mm -hmm. don't worry about it now Mm -hmm. if it happens give yourself the permission to worry to your heart's content yeah worry with reckless abandon (laughs) yeah but right now i try to not so much because it's a fear i mean it's there no totally i mean i can't i really can't imagine um yeah and that must be do you think that it affects you more than kind of maybe I don't know you are you gonna say let on no, not let on well maybe I don't know you don't talk about it that much but like maybe even more than just sort of like okay I it is what it is and I'll worry about it at a later date like do you think that there's a part of you that does worry about it kind of constantly Lily I I'm doing what the therapists might call denial uh-huh. um <laughs> No, I feel like I I have um, I feel like I went through a stage of complete panic, and yeah. when I got the diagnosis, it completely disrupted my life. And it was I was twenty five. I thought everything was going to be fine, and then I was like, I had a pl- again a narrative. I had a narrative written about like the person I was going to be and what was going to happen next. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm on a work trip. My hand kind of goes numb, and then it doesn't go away, and then suddenly it gets worse, and I can't really feel temperature, and like. It just, and so then I start going to doctors and it's carpal tunnel and, oh, it's this, it's that. And then ultimately I get the diagnosis and it's like, oh my God, I immediately am like, I'm going to wind up in a wheelchair and I'm going to be blind and all of these things are going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately at the end of the day, those things could still happen to me and not because of multiple sclerosis. Like I have to like taken in stride but I spent the first several years were very very rough and I'm very fortunate in that I've had a pretty benign case Mm. and when I do have flare-ups and relapses a lot of it's related to heat Mm. um, which is another reason Southern California San Diego specifically has been so good to me like if I'm out in the heat like one time I did hot yoga right after I moved here and um the next day I was trying to open a water bottle and mm-hmm. like, I couldn't get the strength to undo the mm-hmm. cap in my hand. And like, I kept dropping my keys, mm. but like, that's not something that happens to me now. I'm doing fine, but yeah. certain things like it comes, it goes. Mm. Yeah. Are there like coping mechanisms that you use or is it just kind of just it's just a part of your life and you don't have to really like do it that much to like I was giving myself shots every day for many years and um I've done very well so I decided to come off of the shots because they were bruising the fuck Mm. out of my legs my back my belly because they were like sub q so like that's wherever there's fat Mm. so I'm like have at it (laughs) Um, your arms like there but there are certain areas you're supposed to do it and I was taking this medication where if you hit a vein, it basically feels like you're having anaphylactic Ooh. shock. And it happened to me twice. And the second time that it happened, I was like, I'm not doing this again because yeah. I was kind of symptom free. Um, you know, things were like waxing and waning, headaches, fatigue, whatever. But I was like, I can live with this. I don't want to wake up and take a shot every day. Um, and so that I felt more aware mm-hmm. that I had MS when I was doing that uh and I felt and so I made the decision and I have a great neurologist who has been pressuring me to for good reason uh to get I'm supposed to have MRIs annually Mm. and the last time I had one he was like 
everything looks good, but we really do need you to keep doing this so we have a baseline. And here I am getting vulnerable. I'm fucking terrified. Yeah. How did we get on this topic? <laughs> Um, no, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. Yeah, like, I'm course. really, really scared. I'm scared mm. that, you know, there's going to... Things gonna, have changed. Things have changed. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I'm most scared of is, like, I'm not having physical manifestations of it. Mm. And so another side of that is cognitive impairment right. or that you're, you know, you can... Your brain can kind of... They're basically, like, these white spots that show up. And I'm terrified of that. Mm. I'm like, what if... I have an MRI and they're like, you have to go back on medication. And yeah. I mean, I'm, I know there are worse things, but it's just, it's a scary thought. Yeah, no, that's it. I can completely see how that would just be terrifying. I am definitely kind of of the sort of, um, I don't really want to know medical mindset yeah. because there is that sort of, and I don't know if this is total bullshit or, or not, but there is sort of that like, Hey, if I don't really know a about it then I won't be able to because of the way that my anxiety works make it worse than it is yes. and not and I don't mean like yeah no, emotionally I be like oh look, no so I know what you mean like actually physically make it worse than it is yeah, because you're just perseverate on it and you're gonna catastrophize exactly which is what like I do best yeah um yeah. and so yeah I I just kind of like have kept it at bay yeah. and I keep it kind of like at an arm's length and I'm very lucky that I have the luxury to do that because I haven't had symptoms that declare themselves enough that I need to go to my neurologist and say something's got to give. I know that I get terrible, really bad migraines. And I've read a lot about uh, MS, migraines, and hormones. And MS and migraines and fucking women's hormones, for that mm. matter, are under-researched. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just not a ton of – so yeah, it's anybody's guess. But, yeah. but yeah, it is a, it's a fear. I think it's one that I keep pretty hidden Yeah, and kind of tucked away because, again, catastrophizing. Like, I can go super dark super fast with it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, medical fear is very tied – to shame in a lot of ways too, because for whatever reason, I feel like a lot of people do this. They kind of blame themselves when their like health declines. Yes. Like, oh, I didn't take care of myself enough or like, oh, I didn't eat the right things or. Well, it's more of that narrative control yeah. thing. You just, you have to make up something mm. in order to make sense of it all. Because yeah, there's a reason for this. It ha- You have to make one up. Right, right, You right. have to do some kind of like rationalizing with yourself and with the universe in order to fucking sleep at night because yeah. the the cruel part of it is it, it just fucking happened it just fucking happened yeah you know yeah yeah oh yeah i have a friend who has some um she's got some medical struggles and she's got shit going on and she once told me she said i, I made peace with it in my mind because i was like i'm going through this so my sister won't have to and that's kind of like how she copes with it wow. or has coped with it in the past. Hmm. And it's just a testament to whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing, it's it's whatever gets you through the night. Yeah. We're all even – at the end of the day, we're all just trying to get by. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hmm. And that – well, there's also sort of that um, – I think that a lot of people do this too where, you know, they're not sick and they're not sick yet or, you know – whatever but then just sort of that like fear of getting ill in a in a serious mm-hmm. way and and just um sort of feeling whether or not you're going to be able to cope with it yeah even from a strength perspective yeah. just like an emotional strength perspective like well, could i deal with being really sick yeah it's almost like anticipatory right like grief for the illness that you don't yet have oh, or something you know i'll catch myself doing this sometimes and it's so annoying and i totally try to knock it off, you know, after I self-indulge for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Where like sometimes um, you know, I'll feel like fluish or whatever mm-hmm. and and Steph will be a little bit like nonchalant about it because, you know, whatever. It's you barely have a fever or right. whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, what if I was really sick? Like you wouldn't take care of me. <laughs> we all want that though. I, like when I, you're the, sick. The thing is like I don't I actually like to be left alone when I'm sick, but 
unless I have like a high, high fever and then it, that's just scary and you need someone, which has happened before. Anyway, that's such a tangent. Um, but there is <laughs> sort of that feeling that like, you at least want to know that like, if you get like terminally ill or something. That, that there's somebody there to take yeah, care of you. Yeah. Yeah. It comes 100%. back around to that whole like dying alone thing, but. Yeah. It's the fucking mortality, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. So, I mean, if we have, like, any listeners who have MS, um, the majority of people who have MS are women, um, and a lot of those women get diagnosed uh, in their 20s, which is just a fucking bummer of a thing to happen, man. You're just, like, out shaking it up, you know, trying to figure out what's next, and suddenly they're like... Like your twenties are terrifying enough. Yeah, without somebody being like, oh, by the way, yeah, it could get catastrophic. It could stay the same. It could get better. You know. Do you? Sorry, I have I have more questions just because of that idea. Like, do you think it shaped the way that you moved forward through your twenties and like the decisions that you made? Like one hundred percent. Did it sober you up a little bit in terms of like? um life choices I don't know or or were you just sort of like no I'm gonna take life more by the balls I'm just gonna like I don't think it was that conscious Mm. I think like I think I had like a minor nervous breakdown in my mid-20s I think that's what happened I think that who doesn't yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I I was recently telling somebody this talk about like full disclosure on this podcast when I first got diagnosed with MS um my left hand was numb Mm -hmm. and if I look at photos of myself uh during that period for about a year my left hand is always bruised and Mm. the reason was I was so angry and I was so emotive and emphatic I was slamming my hands Mm. on surfaces I I punched things with my hand for the first time ever. I was so angry. And now I see it as like this physical manifestation too. I was so angry at my hand. Mm. Like I was so angry and I was doing things. I, the closest I've ever come to like a true, well, I don't know, maybe not the closest, but the closest I, I would say I've come to like a true nervous breakdown was like when I had this thing where I realized I was stuck with this. This was the diagnosis, yeah. and it may get worse, and it was out of my control when it mm. finally chickens came home to roost. I tore my fucking apartment apart. I, I took books off of the bookshelf. I fucking broke some shit. I just tore the place apart, mm-hmm. and I just remember sitting down on the floor, exhausted, mm. crying, like kind of like out of breath because it was like uh, psychopath aerobics, <laughs> you know? And so I was just kind of like breaking down. Yeah. And I remember like looking around and kind of having this moment where I was like, like you said, that was one of those rare glimpses where I was like, none of this shit matters. Yeah. And that's what that was about. And I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah. Yeah. None of that matters. (laughs) And I can't change anything. Mm -hmm. I can't fix. And I think, I think it was like, I can't fix what has happened to me, the diagnosis I've been given, the thoughts that I'm having, the anxiety, but I can fucking throw this book off of the shelf Mm -hmm. and I can fucking break that and Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. And like, yeah, I just, I kind of took it. No, I mean, I think that, you know, with good reason, but also just like moments like that are beautiful and very cathartic and Mm -hmm. very helpful in a lot of ways because it's just sort of like letting you know, because I think that everybody almost at all times is kind of working under this um, sort of control where they're like, I go through the world like this every yeah. day because this is what we're supposed to do. And I don't yeah. knock things off shelves because I'm not a cat and I'm not allowed, you know, <laughs> like, but I, maybe I would if I wanted yeah, to, totally. like, you know, and so there is that sort of that feeling of just like, turning the brain off and letting the body just do what the hell it wants to do. 100%. And you know what? It did kind of sober me up because when you asked me that, like I kind of had this thought, like I, I, now that I'm able to kind of like look back at it in retrospect, I remember I had just started seeing, um, a psychiatrist for the first time because I was having panic attacks at Mm. night and the panic attacks were like completely existential in nature Mm -hmm. because the thought I kept having was this is my brain. It's the only one I'm stuck with. Mm. And the thoughts that I'm bound to are my own and I'll never be able to think. It's like that classic kind of like Mm -hmm. mid twenties. I'm living alone. Oh my God, my brain. Yeah. Um, 
I went from that to like, oh God, what if I can't get up a flight of stairs? You know what I mean? And it just kind of like, I feel like it shifted my development. Mm. I don't, good, bad, indifferent, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, for sure, like choices were made that I wouldn't have made otherwise. But I do feel like I have, um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm able to take things in stride a little better because it's all unknown. Right. And, and also like, I don't want, part of the reason I don't talk about it is I don't want to be like, that's it. That's who I am. That's my identity. Like, mm. oh, the girl who has MS or yeah. like, uh, just like, you know, anybody who has any kind of health ailment or anything like right. this, to be honest, it's just one more thing you're carrying around in like the backpack full of all the shit mm-hmm. that is our lives mm-hmm. and you're not that thing. But unfortunately, we live in a world where you suddenly can become very marginalized right. for one part of who you are. No, totally. And I think too, like um, the ways that it probably affects you, I mean, I'm totally projecting, but you might not feel like are super valid because the, because of the outward signs aren't there, you know, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. And it doesn't mean that like you don't emotionally live with it and physically live with it and like, you know, just existentially live with it. But I feel like, you know, you kind of hear that a lot with people who have like chronic pain, Mm -hmm. um, obviously and definitely people who have depression and mental, uh, health, anxiety anxiety and all of that, you know, where it's, it's really fibromyalgia. Yeah. You keep all of that like really close in because you never want to, first of all, you never want to be that person who's like, she's the one with the anxiety panic disorder. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not like equating the two things as being at no, all no, equal. No, no, no. But, it, but I don't, but I don't think that there is any hierarchy there. I mean, for me personally, like yeah. my, my, that's what I mean about you carrying around the backpack of shit. Yeah. Like it, for me, some days it's MS, some days it's that I have anxiety. Some days it's that like, who knows what it is. It's a yeah. myriad of things. And yeah. I think that's true for all of us. And I don't think, I think like when you're acutely in it and you're having symptoms and they're active and, and it has to be top of mind because right. it is, mm-hmm. because it, sometimes it physically just is there, the pain's there, the symptoms are there, whatever. Yeah. But I think like other times it's like, no, it's just, and also it's totally subjective. Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to get really like feminist academic real quick and Bell Hook says that there is no hierarchy of suffering and like I'm using that completely out of turn and probably grossly out of context. But it's it's a f- quote that has gotten me through a lot because I feel like it's just subjective. Yeah. I don't know the way you suffer. I can never know. Well, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's so interesting too because then I you were just making me think because I was going to say like I think, you know, things that don't have like physical symptoms or things that other people can see you kind of keep those things hidden because you feel like those people won't other people will just be like you're making it up or you know because you're kind of told that a lot like in the medical profession like, oh you yeah know, like I believed we already talked about that but like you know there's sort of that like or are you laying it on a little thick like do you have that yeah. much anxiety right now like that sort of stuff you're being it's just you're being gaslit they're I mean, gaslighting yeah. you medically right so you know or just even like in society so you don't ever really want to like i don't know express the things that people can't see because you feel like you won't be believed yeah. but then on the opposite side of that you just made me think like god it must also be if you do have physical manifestations of like illness um you know, or like sort of like obvious mental things going on, like that also what you want to hide from society too, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're not just out in the open being like, oh, it's just my, uh, it's just my MS here, you know, Mm -hmm. like of course not. So, I mean, gosh, there's so much like shame inherent in both sides of that coin that are, it's It's like the, it's like at the end of the day, it's like the fear I almost said the fear factor, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God. but then I did say it. They've just uh, ruined that term forever. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, fear factor. Um, remember those no fear bumper stickers and like. Yeah, it was a whole brand. It was a whole brand. No yeah. fear. No fear. Yeah. What did that even mean? Was no fear the original monster energy drink? 
Not that Whoa. it was an energy drink, but just that everybody had the stupid bumper sticker. Yeah, no fear. <laughs> and I feel like um, in my school, like, it was the jocks. Yeah. Who, like, wore, like, the no fear. Oh, my gosh. We're probably going to get so many people being like, ah, it was this. I think it was maybe, like, a skate brand or just, like, a general 90s I don't brand. know. I feel like it was just a general 90s brand. Yeah. I don't remember, like, it being associated with any activity wasn't like a surfer skater thing. I don't think so. I think it was just like no fear. Sort of mm-hmm. like big dogs. You know, big dogs. <laughs> yeah, big dog. But big dog was a surfing thing. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, no fear maybe has a sport <laughs> attached. I'm I'm realizing that now. Um, okay, yeah. I thought no fear was just like I don't know. I just know that it was popular. Like Stussy. I was gonna say it's popular around the same time as Stussy <laughs> yeah. and Massimo. Oh my gosh, this is total, total tangent. But we can link to it. Uh, I saw these earrings that are glorious, that are that Stussy S that everyone used to draw mm-hmm. in middle mm-hmm. school because it was so easy to draw and it was just a series of lines. Yeah. Somebody made an earring out of those where, like, part of the S goes through your ear and Ooh. it's just the Stussy S. And I was like, I need those because I used to draw that stupid S all over my head. We all stuff. did, girl. Yeah. And that was and, it, and you felt really accomplished as an mm-hmm. artist. I also one of the only things I ever really learned how to draw was a lamp. Oh, and so you know what? I'll I'll take a photo on my phone of me drawing a lamp and post it to the blog. Perfect. I think it's pretty good. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I even know how to do the shading. So anyway, that's one. So the Stussy S and the lamp are the two things. Like when I used to doodle because I felt like confident yeah. in them. You know, yeah. I was like, I can do this. I used to doodle. A spray paint can. And then also this little kid who was always just saying, yo. <laughs> oh, my God. I am totally challenging you to draw both of those things. Oh, well. We're going to take photos of them. We'll post them on I'll Instagram. I'll see if I can remember how I used to draw them. But, yeah, totally. Oh, God. That's fine. <laughs> Having a little exercise. Uh-huh. Um, so we, while we wrap up, what yeah. are you most afraid of? Let's go out on like a... Oh, my God. The very most afraid? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I just realized something about myself where I was like, I'm, I didn't even think I was going to talk about that, but obviously it's a deep-seated fear. Yeah. But surface level, if somebody would be like, what are you most afraid of? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's too hard. I'm afraid of so many things. Um, yeah, I think I, I if just losing everything maybe i don't yeah. like like losing all my family losing all my friends like having loss. just yeah loss yeah i have a huge fear of abandonment and loss yes yeah. those are my big ones okay that's insightful though that you know that and you're able to articulate that cuz well, that's like a pretty deep like concept yeah that's a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Which most people, I agree with you, also have a fear of like loss, yeah. uh, abandonment for sure. Mm-hmm. I think my, mine is still death, has been forever. Huh. It still gets me, man. It still freaks me the fuck out. And then I'm like, you should calm down because when you're, it happens, yeah. you're not going to be there. Exactly. And then you're done. So and wait, are you afraid of the pain leading up to death, of a painful death, or just death itself? death itself and knowing that it's coming and God forbid being trapped in a situation where it's imminent and I know that it's coming. Oh, well, and that's I'm like, terrifying. Those are my, these are my last couple of minutes and I'm spending them like trapped under a freeway after an earthquake in my car. Oh no, that, no, of course. Yes. Ew. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. I don't, there's something about the finality. I don't give a fuck about the, the finality Post-death. piece. Totally. Right. And, but I don't want to be. It's the lead up to death. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to be there it's for like it. the lead up to vomit. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, I have anticipatory fear. Yeah. I'm an anticipatory fear person. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, well, you know, then it'll just be over. Then it's just over. And then you vomited and you feel better. Or yeah. you're dead. It's the getting there, though. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, no, for sure. I hear that. I don't know. I don't really fear death. I... I don't welcome it by any means. I don't want to die, but I'm kind of like, yeah, sometimes I just realize it's going to stop. Like all sensation is going to end Mm -hmm. and like this is over and then it's done. And I'm not like a religious person. So like, I'm not like, you know, I'm going to heaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a kid, like I had like panic attack at the dinner table and I felt, and I felt like I was going to throw up, of course. Mm -hmm. And I was just like panicking and my mom was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And it dawned on me. It was like kind of like hit me. Mm. And my mom was like, 
you're not going to die. You're going to fly. And then she like explained to me that I was going to fly to heaven. Oh, God. Yeah, literally. And then I was just like. You're like, I don't want to fly. No. And like, yeah. She's like, you're not going to die. You're going to fly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but again, I'm going to die. Mm. So can we, like, I just, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's always been. Like, like I'm not believing that story. So yeah. tell me the truth. Yeah, exactly. But also let's face facts here, mm-hmm. mom. Like, mm-hmm. so I just feel like it's always kind of been there, this kind of, um, Again, anticipatory. Hmm. It's like it's going to stop at some point. Yeah. And I'm like obsessed with that notion. Hmm. With waxes and wanes, like sometimes I'm like fine with it. And I'm like, yeah, of course it's going to stop. But then that's when the fear creeps in. But when? But how? Uh Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, I I have – you know, fears uh, like that are a little bit more irrational, like a lot of fears of pain. Mm. Don't want to deal with pain, you know, but at the same time have dealt with it. So I know that I can get through it kind of, Yeah, you know, so none of that stuff. It's just, yeah, more the just living life in a really sad way. Hmm. That's you well, know, without long, anyone, without anything. Well, as long as I'm around, if I don't die, God forbid. I will, if you're not trapped in a tunnel. If I'm not trapped in a collapsed tunnel in my car, dying a slow death alone, um, I will be here for you. So oh, you don't have excellent. to worry about that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll try to help you not die. Yeah, you, so far every day. So far, so good. So far, so good. We're, we're killing it. Perfect. Man. Yeah. Um, if, if you've been triggered by any of the uh, the fear talk, the death talk, mm. the, the medical talk, the get in touch with us. Yeah. Tell us, you know, what you're afraid of and we can all... Share the pain. Yeah, we're all afraid. We're all alone. We're all, oh God, I can already tell where this night's going. I'm like, we're all alone. We're all afraid. I'm going to go home and we're read all going to die. Kafka and Sartre. Like, that's the end of my night. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. And, yeah. if, and if we've like triggered you and you've got some fear stuff going on, um, I highly recommend that you listen to some ESG. I highly recommend, um, it's like My Love is Like a Roller Coaster, I think is the name of the track. Or, you can watch SNL, What's Up With That. Yes. Or David S. Pumpkins. Or David S. Pumpkins is another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or just take a hot bath. I feel like sometimes there are very Ooh. few things that are not cured by a hot bath. A good bath bomb. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to us. No, This well. is episode 10. Oh, oh, yes. I didn't even realize. Oh, I like those milestones. <laughs> I love I love a good milestone. Five and ten. Yeah, that's ten episodes I haven't died for. Yeah, so I'm still alive. Perfect. All right. Um, have a uh, a good week. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Bye.